Hello, I'm David Sparks, and I'm joined by my co-host, Rosemary Orchard. Hello, Rosemary. How are you today? Oh, David, I'm excited. We've we've had some WWDC fun, as we do, and you got invited to Apple Park. Congratulations. Yeah, that, that That's was so amazing. Fun. Yeah, I got to go into the loop. <laughs> it's a gorgeous building and, and see all the excitement. It was really fun. And, uh, nice. you know, we've got a bunch of betas installed because when I was installing all the betas on my device, I said, there's one person in the world that will understand me. And it is Rosemary mm-hmm. Orchard, my beloved friend yep. on the automators. So, so of course we both have, we have betas on phones and watches and everything above that. iPads and Macs. Um, yeah. For, for the purposes of legal disclaimers, Jim, our lovely editor, no, we're not recording on beta machines, but those are the only machines not running a beta. So. Yeah, basically. <laughs> um, basically. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so, but we wanted to share with you what, you know, iOS 16, iPad, uh, iPad OS 16, and Mac OS Ventura, uh, there are some changes with shortcuts and automation related stuff. And we thought no better time than the present to kind of break down what's changed and what's improving and, you know, where we're disappointed. We didn't see more movement, but we've got the stuff going. Granted, this is the first beta and things will change over the course of the beta. Some of the features we talk about may disappear or others may get added. But I think Mm -hmm. in general, we've got a pretty good idea about what Apple is up to this year. Um, But before we get started, I just wanted to note that the very last few days of the introductory pricing for the shortcuts for Mac Field Guide uh, is coming up. As this show publishes on a Friday, it's ending the following Sunday, so just two days later. So if you're getting in early, you want to get that discount, head over to learn.maxsparky.com, get the shortcuts for Mac Field Guide, and there's a nice discount for you. Um, in the bonus section for today, uh, since we've gone crazy with betas, we're going to talk about our lock screens because lock screens are very different now. And Rose mm-hmm. and I are having yeah. fun playing with those. So we're, we're going to get into that later today, but, but I want to talk automation. And uh, before we get into the nitty gritty rows, I just wanted to talk a little bit about the general gist of shortcuts this year and my, uh, my overall satisfaction with what they've done this year. In researching yeah. today's show, I was, I was looking at, you know, the initial comments on the web and Reddit and whatnot. And a lot of people seem upset. They feel like that Apple should have like redid a whole bunch of stuff in shortcuts and to me, hmm. that's really been the problem the last couple of years is we've had like three or four revolutionary years in the in the row. You know, they added it to the Mac yeah. or they redid the UI and they added Swift UI. And uh, this year is not that. This year is very much an evolutionary year in shortcuts, which in my yeah. opinion is exactly what we needed. Yes, yes, I agree. And I think, you know, you can see this in a lot of ways. And one of the the ways that I, I particularly want to call out is that some of the automations that people have been creating with shortcuts are now part of the operating system. And I know that some of this is not necessarily, you know, directly within the shortcuts team's hands, or maybe they didn't, maybe they didn't have anything to do with it. But I do really appreciate the fact that it seems like Apple is listening. Things like changing your watch uh, face are now built into the changing of the focus mode because that's what a lot of people did. And I think that that just shows that Apple is listening. They are trying to do the things that we have been asking for, we've been begging for. And I think that that's really great. Yeah. And I'm also noticing a ton of fixes because like some shortcuts I had that weren't working properly are now working properly. And Right. They've made a, I mean, they've been doing that throughout the first year on the Mac where there were regular updates to it. That's the other thing yes. people are complaining about on the internet. They're saying, well, we should, only, we should get this more than once a year. But you actually have been getting it with each point update. We've been getting 
improvements to shortcuts. But like one problem that was an issue for me is I have a planning calendar for a lot of the stuff I do. So when we book a podcast, I also add a all day planning event, basically saying that they mm-hmm. were recording the show. Well, on the Mac for the whole first year of shortcuts to the Mac, creating an all day event didn't work. It just always would create a two day event. Even if you, um, I mean, there were all these hacks. You'd like say start at 12 a.m. and end at 12 p.m. There were a very variety of ways people were trying to get around it, but none of them worked reliably. So I would always no. have to show, um, open the compose sheet whenever I ran that so I could manually fix it during the shortcut. And right. so, something I noticed immediately is on the Mac now, that works. You know, it's like little things like that are getting fixed all over the operating system and the shortcuts system. Yeah, And to me, getting things like that fixed are way better than changing the color of the action blocks or changing the layout of the app. I mean, just just start drilling down and making it really stable. And that's the general feeling I'm getting even at beta one. Yes. Um, And I think some of this we're just benefiting from the fact that, you know, throughout the year with the point updates that we get, um, I guess there's a little bit of attention splitting within Apple of, you know, what are the things that we put into the the new version that's coming, which of course now is iOS 16 versus what do we put in a point release? What have we already got fixed or what is actually not our system, but it's somebody else's system when we know that's going to be changed. Um, and so where do we where do we stop and put those things in is, you know, always a question. And they would have to be answering those questions whether or not it was directly built into the operating system or if it was a separate app. Just like, you know, if Pages needs to do something with the calendar application, well, it's still reliant on the calendar doing things the way the calendar does. And if the calendar is going to change something in the next version of iOS or macOS, then Pages is going to have to integrate with that differently, depending on, you know, what the APIs are. So I I think, you know, we are definitely reaping the benefits of, you know, shortcuts being so tightly integrated. And it's not like we didn't get the new features like the the new version of the toolbar and stuff, David. I'm pretty excited by that. It's really nerdy and really small, and most people are not going to notice it. But the way that you rename a shortcut has changed, and I really like that. Yeah. Agreed. And just better and stable. I mean, I had like 150 or so shortcuts for the Shortcuts for Mac Field Guide, and I wanted to name them all to match the video. And mm-hmm. it was a little, it felt a little difficult getting all them renamed and getting the names to stick. And all of that stuff seems to be sorted out with the new version. So just a lot of little quality of life improvements that I think are going to make a difference. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely agreed. All right. Um, before we get into shortcuts in detail, I think there is something connected to all this, um, and that's focus mode. And we've done an entire show on focus mode last year. Uh, I believe, Rose, you are still an aggressive user of focus mode. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I uh, literally came out of focus mode earlier, went into a different focus mode for my mastermind group, then went back out of the focus mode to go to work, and then went out of that focus mode to go podcast, and then I stop focus moding to have dinner. And now I'm back in my podcasting focus mode to talk to you. It's focus modes all day long here. And uh, when I finish, I'll go back to no focus mode and then it'll be time for sleep focus mode later. Yeah. So it's all the way down. Just focus modes all the way down. Yeah. You have a personal yeah. focus mode? Like, do you put it into that when you're not it's in like so work mode? I do have a personal focus mode and it's essentially sort of a clone of my podcasting focus mode. Um, and this is, it's for things like my mastermind group, um, or, um, you know, I'm going, uh, to the cinema or something. And so, and I want to watch a film, not that I've done that in ages, but that's the sort of thing that I use it for. I don't want 
all of the buzzes and the bings from the various apps that usually I might be interested in getting updates from. Like, obviously, I'm still going to get notifications pushed about um, package updates, but I don't need to know about them. You know, I don't need to know that that parcel that for my dad's Father's Day present has actually been shipped. Um, I Like, I can check in on that later. And so I have a personal focus mode for, like, I am doing stuff and I just want to reduce the notifications that I'm getting. I don't want to get rid of them entirely. Yeah, I also am very much into focus modes. I've got them basically running 24-7. And, and like my personal mode is like when I'm done working, I switch to personal mode. And then suddenly work apps have a harder time getting to me and personal things have mm-hmm. an easier time. But but we're going to go through, I want to go through the changes of focus mode because when yeah. this released last year, uh, the fear that a lot of us had was, is this one of those things where Apple is going to like give us this thing and then move the team to some other project. And that's as much as we're ever going to get on this because clearly there was more we wanted last year. And I suspect this feature must be getting used inside Apple too, because I think they, they, they saw the shortcomings and this year they addressed them primarily. Now you can set your focus modes either as an inclusive list or an exclusive list. Yes. And so that means like you can say personal mode, means all apps and people get through except for these or you can say only these people get through which is what they had before and that got really tedious right yes especially when you got a new app and it was you know whatever the important app was of the time and you needed to add it to all of your focus modes to to opt it in so that you would get those notifications um now you would go into the two focus modes that you don't want that in and opt it out um, which I think is a really good improvement, though. Um, I have to say, right now, I'm feeling very zen about my focus modes, David. I've opened the settings app, and I tapped on the focus tab, and um, I've got a lovely gray screen with the title focus at the top. And I can go back to settings, and so I'm guessing this is the price that one pays for running a developer beta one. Um, and so I will be rebooting my phone and hoping my focus modes come back in a minute, yeah. uh, because that is definitely crashed. That is something we should mention for people who are going, oh yeah, I want to try this out. Wait until the public beta, folks. Wait until the public beta. This is a developer beta, a stable one, but it's it's a developer beta. Like my phone rebooted while I was driving the other day. Have you had your phone reboot while you're using CarPlay, David? It is an experience. Yeah, I bet. Well, I mean, even the public beta is a degree of risk and your phone's going to get hot. Yeah. The battery's going to die. Um, mm-hmm. You're going to need to restart way more than you usually do. And some of your apps are going to act funny. Um, that yeah. being said, uh, this has been a fairly stable beta for me. The um, The only app that I've had real hiccups with is ScreenFlow. You know, I have, I have mm-hmm. a second Mac with it on. Obviously, I need ScreenFlow to make my living. So my primary Mac is still, you know, on the the shipping operating system as opposed to the beta one and it's it's working fine and we're all good but you gotta like be careful with stuff like that yeah yeah i found that um so my my mac studio the the mac that i use to record this podcast on that's running mac os monterey the latest version and my phone is plugged in and i've tried rebooting i have tried sacrificing chocolate in various forms including extra dark chocolate um and all sorts of things and i just can't get my my phone screen to show up and stay on screen in Ecamm, QuickTime, ScreenFlow, any of those devices. So I can record like about 10 seconds of my phone screen before something something dies and then it just turns into a black screen, um, which is frustrating. But that's that's the price you pay for a developer beta. I'm sure it'll get better as we go on. 
Yeah, for someone who makes a podcast called iOS Today, that's probably a challenge. (laughs) It is, but I deliberately have, uh, I have my old iPhone mini um, and I didn't update my Mac, uh, my iPad mini to the the iPad beta. Uh, I installed it on the 12.9 inch iPad Pro. So I will still have devices that I can do things on. It's just really frustrating. I wanted to show everything off in the first episode post WWDC and I had to resort to sending screenshots to Micah for him to show on screen. That is a good thing I need to check out because I'm going to do a deep dive for my for my labs members on iOS, iPad OS 16 and I hadn't tested it yet. I may have a problem. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So the workaround I have found, which I will be using is recording using the on screen on device screen recording feature, and then just sort of sharing that back. And then, you know, it's, it's, it's okay. It's not perfect. Um, I would prefer to just be able to do the thing, um, instead of having to pre-record it and remember exactly which steps I took. But you know what? Um, I, I think that that's just the way that, uh, iOS 16 is communicating, communicating with the, the Mac, um, because one of the big changes that was made is a new developer mode where um, to do certain things, you will need to enable a developer mode on your device, which I did try to enable on my phone. Um, and I've enabled it on my phone, but that does not fix my screen recording issue. So yeah, I guess I'll find out later what the problem is. Okay, so let's get back to focus modes, though, because we didn't finish. Mm-hmm. There, there's more to no, it. No, we that. didn't. All right, so we, we've yeah. got now the ability to make inclusive versus exclusive lists, which to me was feature number one that I wanted. Um, yes. What what are you excited about with the new features? I'm really excited by, um, you know, there's, there's oh, God, so many things. Um, but first of all, uh, the feature that I used all the time was shortcuts, personal automation, X focus mode turns on or X focus mode turns off. Yeah. And that is what I use to change my Apple Watch face. Goodbye automations to change my Apple Watch face. You are no longer needed because this has been built into the focus modes. And you know what, David? I am 100% confident in saying this and I don't care if I'm wrong. Um, I think that this feature exists purely because people did this with shortcuts automations and Apple saw people doing this with shortcuts automations and went, we should put this into the operating system. Yeah. Because it is such a good feature and it's a lot easier to do in the operating system um than it than it was to do in the focus uh in shortcuts because you can actually see which faces to choose from um so i can choose so you know when i'm tapping um and i look at the 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 watch face i can you know i can actually see which watch face it is that i'm tapping on instead of looking at the names and comparing it to the watch app for for you know just to see uh which one it is so i'm really glad that we have that um, but I think I think my favorite thing, David, it's the focus filters. I'm excited by focus filters. Does All that right. make me a nerd? No, no. I, I want to get into that. But before I do so, I'll tell you, I've been testing this thing where it automatically sets a watch face. I mean, historically, you could set your home screen based on your focus mode. Yeah. Uh, now you can set your lock screen, your home screen, and your watch face. I can't get the watch face to stick, though. I think maybe I need to do oh. a reboot of my watch. Maybe it's just a thing where I need to reboot my watch, but I've been trying for a few days and it hasn't been working. So I didn't know if that yeah, was a I bug. I found or... the watch um, has been a little tricky to get working like this. The other thing that tripped me up, which I don't think is the problem for you, but just for anybody listening, if you have two Apple watches and you've only updated one of them, um, then um, if you have the wrong Apple watch connected to, to your phone at that point in time, when you're selecting the watch face, then the entire thing just doesn't work um and i need to file feedback on that actually um because i suspect that for people with multiple watches it will be quite common that one of them has been updated and the other one has yet to be updated 
um, and it just not working and giving a weird and unhelpful error message, at least that's what it did to me last time I tried it, um, was not was not great. Um, so I'm going to file some feedback on that. Um, but I, it, it does appear to be working for me right now. I It's showing me the breathe watch face, which is the one I have set for my podcasting focus. So, um, And it was showing me the California dial earlier. So uh, that was my work one. So I, I think it's working for me. Okay. Um, that or I'm magically swiping on my wrist without thinking about it, um, <laughs> which I, I, I don't think so. I did go in and I've just, so I didn't uh, get rid of my um, my automations entirely um, just because I might want to do something else there. Um, and so what I did is at the top of my automation instead, I just added an exit shortcut action so that the automations are still there with the exact uh, shortcuts that they used to run, doing the exact same thing they used to do. It's just that it never gets that far because it it says exit shortcut uh, first so that I've not lost anything there. Uh, that seemed like it would be a bit of a pain if I forgot to uh, get rid of, uh, forgot to set one of those up and couldn't remember what it was before. Okay, so we've got the ability now to set the the lock screen, the home screen, the watch face, and then there's a whole new feature which you mentioned earlier called focus filters. What is that? Yeah. So focus filters. First of all, there's two system filters, and I'm going to talk about those first because they're very simple. There's dark mode and low power mode. So for example, your sleep focus mode could just activate dark mode um, and turn it on, um, or deactivate dark mode and, and set it to light mode or something. Um, and this, I can imagine being really helpful for people who work a night shift so that their sleep focus mode is always a dark focus mode and their work focus mode is always a light mode. Um, so that they've got that, uh, similarly for people who work somewhere, say Disney, uh, having low power mode for your phone all day, um, when you're, you know, roaming around a fairly large area or similar, or maybe you work inside a large metal box, which doesn't have great cellular signal, you know, being able to turn on low power mode for your day seems pretty cool. So I, I like those, but the, the ones that really get me, David, they're the app filters, calendar, yes. messages, mail, safari. I can choose when I activate a focus mode to select a specific tab group in safari. How cool is that? It's so cool. Yeah, it, it it really is impressive. And it works with four apps, begin with Mail, Safari, Calendars, and Messages. But other yeah. apps can tie into it. So we're going to see more apps doing that. Like you can yes. say, pull a calendar set, you know, when I switch to this focus mode and just show me these calendars or just show me yeah. mail from this mailbox and don't show me mm-hmm. mail from the other ones. And I feel yeah. like this is the, like every once in a while you get something that you never dreamed they would include. This feels like that category to me. You know, it's like, I never thought they would go this deep with focus mode. And I love this. Yes, I really do. And I have to say, um, you know, I don't think the folks over at FlexiBets are going to be losing any sleep over this, but you essentially have the fantastical calendar groups built into iOS now. So that when I'm in my work cal- work focus mode, if I open the native calendar app, I can have chosen to just have my work calendars show up. Um, and if I'm in my podcasting one, I could choose to just have the podcasting one show up. And, you know, when I'm at work, then my work mail just shows up. And, you know, I think that that is, you know, especially where so many people are expected to use their personal devices for home and for work, or they're encouraged to do that because it gets them to try the new features and so on. I think that it's really nice to actually have a divide between those. The only thing that's still missing for me, um, which is a bit of a shame, is the fact that I can't disable notifications for an app generally and only enable them in a focus mode. 
So for example, um, Microsoft Teams, I can't disable Microsoft Teams notifications generally, but enable the Microsoft Teams notifications when I'm in my work focus mode, um, which is a shame. I wish I could. I wish I could flip it around and say, no, most of the time I don't want any notifications from this app. But in this particular case, I'm going to allow it. Um, and I don't know what Apple would recommend for something like that because I I can't imagine Microsoft Teams out of the gate on iOS 16 supporting the focus filters. Um, and quite frankly, I don't want to have any focus on Microsoft Teams outside of my working day. Um, but I guess we'll see what happens there. But I'm generally very excited by this feature just because, you know, you can choose what Safari tab group. You choose your calendars, you choose your mail. Um, and, you know, you, you've got, all of these, you know, filters set up and ready for you so that you open messages and it's filtered to just people when you're in your personal and work mode. So that that text message that you got from the parking lot to say that, you know, they've received um, the payment for your parking, you, you don't need to worry about that um, or whatever. And you'll see it later. Yeah, and I think it's great. And it is funny how, you know, we're so greedy, like they give us these features and there are things we want more. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I wanted the uh, notifications like being off generally and then just on in a focus mode before they, they release this new feature. So I, I haven't changed my mind there, but it's yeah. it's pretty awesome. And I would still like to be able to add and remove groups of people by their their contact group, which mm-hmm. doesn't really work. I know there's a kind of hacks around it, but I, it should just be able to say like include everyone in the family group or include everyone in the client's loop group or exclude you know and it's yeah a- yeah because if you go to the groups um well uh preferences closed unexpectedly help resolve this problem by sharing feedback yeah. well, um so one. uh yeah <laughs> yeah that's beta one but previously you could you could select a group of people um or you could focus on a group of people and then you would have to select the people in that group which would mean that you would have to if you just wanted a particular group of people you would have to unselect everybody and then go into the group and select everybody if you wanted to be sure that yeah. you have only selected those people. Um, so especially if you've got groups that you don't update, for example, an exchange group, contact group, then that that could be quite tricky. Yeah, when the groups are dynamic is when you run into trouble and it, it doesn't yeah. really solve that. Uh, but overall, uh, really nice ex- improvements to focus mode. And the reason we wanted to talk about that at the top is because that ties into a bunch of the changes and shortcuts too. Oh, yeah. So stay tuned for that. Yes. This episode of The Automators is brought to you by Collide. Endpoint security powered by people. Try Collide for free for 14 days free. No credit card required. Just go to Collide, K-O-L-I-D-E dot com slash automators. Collide sends employees important, timely, and relevant security recommendations for their Mac, Linux, and Windows devices right inside of Slack. It's perfect for organizations that care deeply about compliance and security, but don't want to get there by locking down devices to the point where they become unusable. Instead of frustrating your team, Collide educates your employees about security and device management while directing them to fix important problems themselves. Collide knows that for IT admins, the key to solving some of the most commonly secured issues is to educate end users. They do this by instructing developers to set passphrases on unencrypted SSH keys, finding plain text two-factor backup codes, and teaching end users how to store them securely, and encouraging employees to uninstall bad browser extensions that may sell their browser history. Those are some of the many use cases not solved by locking down devices. You can try Collide with all its features on an unlimited number of devices for free for 14 days, no credit card required. 
Try it out at Collide, K-O-L-I-D-E dot com slash automators. That's once again, Collide, K-O-L-I-D-E dot com slash automators. And if you enter your email when prompted, you'll get a free Collide gift bundle after trial activation. Our thanks to Collide for the support of the automators and all of Relay FM. All right, shortcuts and uh, boy, shortcuts is on iOS 16. It's on iPad OS 16 and it's on the new Ventura Mac operating system. So it's a little mm-hmm. different on each one, but we're going to try and just kind of cover them as a whole. We're still at the beta one here. Um, yeah. And, you know, one of the headline features of the new year is the improvements to Apple Mail. And I guess before we get into the shortcuts improvements, Rose, isn't it great how like a lot of the stuff Apple's doing now uh, ships simultaneously to all three platforms? It is so great. Um, And I also love the fact that, you know, as I mentioned before, they're clearly listening to feedback and requests because not only did we get, you know, cool new features on all the platforms, but we got cool new features that people have genuinely been asking for, like sending later in mail. That's a feature now. And, you know, that that's that's all stuff that we wouldn't be getting if Apple weren't listening to us. And it's not that I feel like they definitely weren't listening before, but I feel like they they kind of just ignored some of the things that people wanted, like schedule send, um, so that you can send an email at 9 a.m. on Monday and not before, um, whenever you get to it, so that, you know, you don't have to uh, add minutia tasks to your task list, which is great. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really pleased that we just got everything everywhere. Okay. And then, so, before we get into the details of some of the new actions for mail, one of the things I really like, which is a general UI improvement, is the way it groups actions per application. So historically, yeah. if you press the mail button, you got a list of all the mail actions, but they were just a big list. I think they were sorted alphabetically, and they didn't really make sense what was where. But now they put categories for like in mail You've got the email-related ones, the focus ones, the messaging ones, mm-hmm. and it, it puts them together, which is really cool. But one of the ones yeah. it's got, which ties into what we were talking about the last segment, is configure mail focus filter. Yeah, yeah. So um, I, I'm, I'm not entirely certain yet exactly how I'm going to be using this, but the way that I can see some people using this is um say for example beforehand but uh in the morning at work you do one kind of action and then the afternoon you switch and you do some other kind of thing well you could have a timer action run um at you know whatever time you usually switch and change your mail focus filters to get you out of um you know seeing this kind of email and just seeing that kind of email or maybe when you go into a meeting you can run um you know this this shortcut and then when you leave the meeting you run a different shortcut and it trims out most of your work notifications but still leaves you in you know your work focus mode with your your focus filters for mail which is really cool and we got those focus filters for all of the apps as well which is great yeah one of the features that existed in the early versions of shortcuts was the ability to open a specific mailbox and there was no open mailbox action at the time the way you did it was you went into the mail app and you just opened the mailbox two or three times and then shortcuts eventually got the hint. And if you opened up shortcuts, it would suggest one like saying open priority mailbox because it said it saw that you just kept opening the priority mailbox. And then you could add it yeah. to your shortcut and you had captured it forever. However, that stopped working one or two mm. years ago. I think it was two years ago it stopped working. I explained it in the uh, shortcuts for iPhone field guide. And a lot of people were uh, cranky because, you know, it stopped working. They're like, what, you know, what is this? How come it's not working anymore? Well, 
they this year they brought a new action called open mailbox, which is what they should have had from the beginning. So you don't have to go through, you know, the throw salt over your shoulder routine of trying to get yeah. shortcuts to get the hint you want to open a mailbox. You just copy in an action called open mailbox. You identify the mailbox you want and it opens it up. So now, you know, getting back to the idea of contextual computing, you can have a shortcut action that opens you just to the specific mailbox you want to see. I love that but I'm yep. sad. You know why I'm sad, right? I don't know why you're sad, David. Tell everyone why you're sad. That action is not on the Ventura version of Shortcuts for the Mac. It's not there yet. Yes. Um, and I think and I suspect that this is just down to the fact that the the iOS and macOS mail applications are quite different. Um, and if you look at mail on the iPhone and you open a specific mailbox in mail on the iPhone, um, then you do just see emails from that that applica- that that account, right? Um, or from that yeah. folder um, or whatever it is. But on the Mac, you just kind of select it. So you're just kind of changing a filter. Um, but that said, there is AppleScript uh, support for selecting yeah. a folder, I believe. So um, I'm yeah. crossing my fingers that this, this will appear quite soon. But the fact that Mail has this, um, and there's now like the lack of throwing salt over your shoulder, where the I have to go and I have to like uh, open this this mailbox and I'll leave mail and I'll go to mail and I'll go to the home and I'll open the mailbox and I'll close mail and and repeat repeat repeat. I think that this is down to um, you know shortcuts has a brand new API um, with the Siri intents, which is designed to make it easier for developers. And also pre-populate shortcuts, the the application, so that you can go and look in the shortcuts app for all the things that, you know, Siri can do on your device. And it's supposed to be easier because the problem with the actions that only appeared when you did them a certain number of times is developers had to decide how frequently um, does this user, like, should this user need to do this this action to make it uh, a shortcut action that should be available. Um, And also, you know, then things could become undonated. So your mailbox actions, for example, if you, um, I don't know, took a two-week break from work, and during that two-week break from work, you didn't open your work mailbox a single time, then you could come back from your two-week break from work, and you would look and you'd be like, okay, I'm going to create a new shortcut to do this thing. And you'd look at your actions. I'd swear it was there before, but there'd be no action to open your work mailbox. Whereas now, because it's a generic open mailbox action, which takes a parameter of the, the mailbox that you want. So you choose the mailbox that you want or the mailboxes that you want. Um, then you you don't have to worry about that because that's, that's an action that's just always there. And I think that this is the approach that they've gone with. I understand why they went with the, we'll get the actions that the user uses most to appear. That, that seems very logical, but defining a, a user uses most and a user actually wants to use most but can't ever find the flip in action because it's so deeply hidden or something are two very different things. So I'm really glad that uh, they've they've made an improvement there. Um, and fingers crossed it will uh, soon be rolling out to all of the other apps as well. Yeah. And the the Mac thing I had solved a long time ago with the shortcut, I'm sorry, with the Apple script embedded in a shortcut step. But now it's a little more complicated because now if I, I want to put it on a single shortcut, it needs to know what platform I am on, whether or not it runs an action or, or an Apple script. But also, yeah. um, I, it's definitely the right direction. And this whole thing with a new API, it looks to me like it's going to make it a lot easier for people to add shortcuts. I was talking to Marco Arment about this 
up at WWDC, and he had done some preliminary look at the new API, and he said it took away a lot of the like the the work of setting up shortcut support in your app. Yes. So I think we're going to see even more of that now. Yeah, yeah, I've done a little bit of playing with it before, and you'd think that somebody who likes playing with shortcuts would find it easy to create the shortcuts intents. Um, and I've honestly just always struggled with it a bit, um, and I just cry- tried creating a, a tiny new application in Swift Playgrounds um, with, um, you know, a relatively simple API, and I was able to get the shortcuts intents working pretty quickly. Um, it's not an application that will ever see the light of day. It's just reading um, some data from the web and displaying it. But I was just curious to see if I could get the shortcuts actions to show up. And once I'd done the, uh, okay, so now you need to reboot your device um, section of the uh, the development process, it worked great. So I'm, I'm really pleased with that. Um, and I'm hoping that this means that more and more apps will add shortcut support because that's what we want, right? Yeah, and uh, in addition, on mail, we got the search mail feature. Um, I don't know yes. how much I'll use that. I haven't really thought of a good use for it for me. But that's- Well, for me, it's a sort of replacement for smart mailboxes on iOS, right? So where you might frequently want to search for mail from your boss or a partner or uh, from a particular place where you make reservations online or it's all of your Amazon orders are similar, then you can you can have a search for that, which I think is is yeah. a nice feature. Um, because, you know, that 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 to me makes sense. I have actually just thought of a use case for the changing your mail uh, focus mode filters with a shortcut. Imagine that you when you your focus mode starts every day, it checks a specific calendar to see if um, you are on a particular rotation. So say for example, uh, you're on a help desk rotation where you get um, emails into a specific shared mailbox from a certain subset of VIPs, then, you know, adding that into your focus mode filter when your calendar says, hey, like this is this is on your calendar for today and excluding that the rest of the time would be pretty cool. Um, so I'm I'm glad that we we've got all of these because, yeah, you know, why not search mail via a shortcut? Um, and it does open mail. It doesn't return those uh, to shortcuts. So, um, you know, we'll just have to search for a search phrase, but it's a good start. Yeah, I mean, more is better, obviously, um, because mail really didn't have a lot of shortcuts actions going in. Send an email was really the big one, and the, uh, the the little support it had with other things wasn't that that useful. We got a bunch of new notes actions as well. In fact, notes really got a big year from the shortcuts team. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it did. Uh, I, I don't know, maybe somebody who used to work on the notes team got um, stolen by the shortcuts team, in which case, welcome welcome to the gang, where all the cool people are, because um, notes has adding text to notes, moving notes to folders, pinning notes. Um, and my favorite one, which sounds so boring, change notes setting, which allows you to say that like um, a hashtag followed by a string should automatically be interpreted as a tag or not, and things like that. That's... That's really powerful stuff. Like that's trying to eat bear's lunch, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And, you know, and lots of tagging support in general. So uh, yeah. add tags, create tags, delete tags, open tags, remove tags. Mm-hmm. They, they've got the whole gamut as well as folder support. You can create and delete folders now, which was, a fr- I, we got that one from listeners saying, well, how do I create a yeah. folder in notes? Well, you go in notes and you push the plus button. There was not an automation way to do that, but now there is. So that's really yeah. cool. I'm, I'm really happy to see notes get it. And like the parallel to that was reminders. You know, reminders got a nice update a few years ago, but it seemed like the shortcut support was lagging behind it. 
but now we can create a list. We can open reminders, smart lists. We can search reminders, basic stuff that I always thought should have been there, but, but mm. wasn't there until now. Yes. Yeah. And I think that like, that's one of the things where uh, the shortcuts team has had a bit of a chance to sort of fill in the gaps. You know, they've been building a really great structure um, and now they've, they've had a chance to come back and, you know, do, do more than just put out the plasterboard. They're skimming the walls type thing because we got shortcut support for tab groups in Safari, David. Tab groups in Safari have shortcut support. I am yeah. um, unbelievably, ridiculously excited by this um, because, again, this is something that we always get asked by people. How do I access a tab group in shortcuts and Apple Script and through Keyboard Maestro and Hazel and things like that? And the answer was, sorry, you can't. Um, and the answer now is you can use shortcuts for that. Um, which is great. So you can open a tab group um, and you can add a tab to a tab group and you can create a tab group and you can also configure your Safari focus filter, which means that just, you know, like you might want to switch your your mail focus filter. You can also change your Safari uh, focus filter to a specific tab group. So if you have a few different work tab groups, then you can switch between them in your focus filters, which means that new links and things that you open will automatically fall into those tab groups. Um, at least that's what's happened th so far in my experience. I'm not sure if that is what it's supposed to do or if that's just, you know, how it's working right now. But I'm very excited by that because I found that I was struggling to use tab groups in many ways because I just couldn't automatically open a specific one. And now I can. And so this is where being able to change my Safari focus filter, David, is going to be very helpful. I have one podcasting focus mode. I have a I have a tab group for each of my podcasts. So I'm going to be able to open the right tab group um, thanks to my automations because I'll know which podcast I'm recording when my po po podcasting focus mode activates. Yeah. So yay. Thank you. Thank yeah. you, Shortcuts team. And I'll add to that that we did not get additional focus modes. We're still at that 10 cap. Which I don't yeah. really understand. Yeah. I mean, for those of us that want to go hard at it, why not let us? You know, because the reason you and I both only have one podcasting mode is just frankly we ran out. Um, but either way, uh, I agreed. Uh, you know, tab modes never stuck with me last year, but between the mm. collaboration stuff they've added for it and the automation stuff they've added for it, I feel like I need to like get my arms around this and start planning tab groups. Do you, do you have any currently that you're using? Well, I mean, I have one for each podcast um, that I record, um, which um, has uh, like a, a certain set of tabs in that I always use. So, for example, Automators has got um, the Google Drive um, uh, folder for Automators in our Airtable, um, the the ads um, and the Relay CMS, so yeah. that um, you know we can put all the links and everything in as we're going, and. Um, you know, and then, you know, I've got a similar setup for iOS today and so on where I've got those ones set in. But I also found that, you know, sometimes when you're researching a project and just trying to figure out like how to do a thing and then you need to stop and you know that you might want to pick this up later on another device, um, having to get all of those those links and save them into something only to then have to come back later and open them all back up again. Like if I'm just saving them because I'm like, OK, cool, I found the links that I need. I'm going to come back to this. Um, and it's basically in a finished state. These are referenced now. That's fine. But while I'm still actively doing the research and figuring it out, it was annoying. Um, and that's where the tab groups are really helpful. So I've got several tab groups, which are kind of like work in progress. So I've got a tab group of um, front doorbell, um, which sounds much more ominous than it is, but it's an automated front doorbell system for my parents in France. 
um, where, you know, I've, I've got, you know, a blog post and some other stuff all in there. And yes, I could bookmark these. Yes, I could put them into Obsidian. Um, but it also means that when I tap and hold on a link on iOS or I right click on a link on Mac, I can send it to a specific tab group. So that tab group can always just receive that link. And that's that to me is, um, you know, the key for the tab groups there, which is why I think they're so powerful and why I'm really glad that Shortcuts has got support for them. Because, you know, we've we've got uh, open tab group, and but we also got open new tab, which will just fall into whatever your current tab group is, which is yeah. great. Um, so, yay. Thank you. Agreed. This episode of Automators is brought to you by DevonThink, the flagship product from Devon Technologies. DevonThink is the most professional document and information management application for the Mac. It's the one place for storing all your documents, snippets, or bookmarks, and working with them. The integrated AI assists you with filing and searching, while the extensive search language with advanced Boolean search operators means that you're never not going to find something. DevonThink features a flexible sync system, which supports many cloud services, or lets you synchronize over the local network with everything securely encrypted. This gives you the choice for however syncing works best and most securely for you. It has smart rules and flexible reminders that let you automate all parts of your workflow and delegate boring repeating tasks. Let DevonThink automatically organize your data with rules you define. DevonThink's AppleScript dictionary is one of the largest on the Mac. There's no part of DevonThink that can't be automated. Extend DevonThink's functionality with your own commands by adding them to its scripts menu. Even templates can have scripts inside, and you can set up new documents with data from placeholders or insert it by your own AppleScript code. And of course, there's so much more, from an iOS companion app to email archiving, scanning, or even an embedded web server for sharing your data securely with your team. For me, honestly, the search stands out as useful. And this is a very silly example, but the other day I needed to clean the detergent drawer on my washing machine, and I wasn't even thinking, I just typed detergent drawer into DevonThink. Well, because I've got the PDF of my washing machine manual in there, even though I wasn't in the washing machine manual, it found the right page inside of the PDF for me and brought it up. And the best part of it is, is I have a tickler system inside of DevonThink so that I can be tickled in GTD terms, reminded by in regular human terms of that washing machine manual. Even, you know, if I wanted to be more specific, I can go scripty and make really awesome reminders in the future with the DevonThink's reminder functionality, giving me a completely custom system that's digital that doesn't require me to remember to go check a paper folder. You can get 10% off DevonThink 3 or upgrade to it right now. Just go to devontechnologies.com slash automators. That's devontechnologies.com slash automators for 10% off. Our thanks to Devon Technologies for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. Just to go through some more applications that got updates, uh, new maps actions. Now they've got a whole set of them. Apparently people at Apple have been missing their parked cars because we got three actions. So, yeah, I think this is somewhat related to what Michael was saying on iOS today, where his partner doesn't like, like to use the Bluetooth in his car. He doesn't have CarPlay um, and the Bluetooth in his car, you know, he just doesn't like using it, but he still wants to know where the car's parked. So now like you can stick an NFC tag on your dashboard. Um, and know where the car's parked. But I can imagine that's great in rental cars and, and things like that as well. Um, just, you know, being able to say, you know, th- here's where the car's parked. Or, you know, you're out with some friends and they don't have CarPlay or whatever. And you know your friend always forgets where they parked the car. You can just run a discreet shortcut so that you'll be able to look like a hero later and take everyone back to the car. 
Yeah. So you can set the parked car location with a shortcut. So that can be, or, you know, that'd be another good one for like parents or like, you know, yeah. non-nerd people in your family to say, here's a little icon. It's on your home screen. Push it when you park your car. Then yeah. you'll be able to find your car later. You know? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which or maybe great. set put two buttons, one to set the <laughs> location and one to find it. You know. Yes, or maybe make it into one for the parked car, and it's got a little car icon on it. And when they when they tap it, it asks, "Hey, do you want to set where the car is, or do you want to get where the car is?" So that they can just choose from the menu. Ah, which the people be, uh, I'm thinking about, that would be a bridge too far. You, you'd have to just have two buttons. <laughs> but hey, fair enough. Works. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, the uh, new shortcuts actions as well. You know, shortcuts for shortcuts is always a thing. And uh, yeah, now we've got some folder related and some search stuff in there. Yeah, yeah. So you can create a shortcut with a shortcut now. Um, it's not going to put all of the actions into it, but it is going to create a shortcut with a certain name and open that ready for editing. Um, yeah. And you can delete a shortcut. Um, search shortcuts and open a specific folder. Um, and I feel like open folder, just like open mailbox, really comes in from people customizing their home screen. And they want home screen actions that take them to just the right subset of things that they need. So, you know, custom mail action on your home screen with shortcuts takes you to your specific mailbox. Custom shortcuts action on your home screen takes you to your certain folder. So when you're at work, you s- jump straight into your work mailbox. You jump straight into your work shortcuts. And you can have widgets for these, but it's nice to know that, you know, you can also do your custom icons, which maybe in the background also do other things for you, like time tracking or whatever is appropriate. Um, and uh, I think that that's pretty cool. Also, I think I haven't tried this yet, but I don't see why you couldn't chain open folder and create shortcut together. And um, no, you can. Although yep. I haven't yep. checked, does a create shortcut allow you to create it in a specific folder without having to open I, a folder well, separately? I was definitely able to put them in sequence the other day. I'm just going to try this on my phone, which is right here, because I was about to try this on my Mac, and then I realized that this is the Mac that's running macOS uh, Monterey. No, create shortcut does not take a folder as a parameter, unfortunately. No, it doesn't. Hmm, maybe yeah, we should file some on feedback on that. Yeah, maybe we should uh, ask ask the shortcuts team for some, some bonus stuff and see if they got time before release. <laughs> yeah, I, I do think because like someone like you and I, and probably people listening to the show, we do create a lot of shortcuts. It would be nice to streamline that process where you know it, mm-hmm. it is kind of a pain to open shortcuts, get to the right folder, you know, start. Why not push yeah. a button and then like you could pass a string to it to give it a name and just like really get off to the races fast. Well, one action I would really love to see, which isn't here at all, so I'm giving the shortcut seems some homework for iOS 17, is move shortcut to folder. Because you know what? Um, I have struggled massively organizing my shortcuts. I've tried, um, but there's a lot of actions where I, or shortcuts where I just haven't really taken the time to sit down and organize them and put them into folders. And it would be really cool if I could get a list of my shortcuts folders um, and so I could go through all of my shortcuts, either in a specific folder or which aren't in folders. And then I could choose from a list of folders or create a new folder if there wasn't an appropriate folder to put that shortcut into to organize my shortcuts. That would really help me, you know, organize and tidy things up. Um, and I can imagine that that might be, you know, something that other people would appreciate being able to do with shortcuts as well. Imagine, you know, being able to, cause you can, where you, um, get your shortcuts, um, the, that action, that is filtered to a folder, um, or you can filter it to a folder so that you can, for example, and this is something I do already, I get all of my shortcuts in a particular folder and then I run them in sequence um, because that's my widget pack widgets. 
Um, and so that that would um, you know that's that's a good action to have. But maybe if I could just organize them too, I would. Uh, I think other people would probably like that as well. Um, so that you could you know turn like you know delete all of your um, uh, work fo- uh, shortcuts if you leave a job or something to uh, get started ready for the next one. Yeah, another thing that I'm noticing with the new version, and again, we're at beta one, but this was a yeah. problem in in the prior version of Shortcuts for Mac, is that if you're in column mode, you can't move shortcuts. You can't move them to folders oh, for whatever yeah. reason. And that's still true on the Mac. Maybe they'll get that fixed by the time this ships, but it works on the iPad, but it doesn't work on the, the Mac. And it's I, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm guessing it's a Swift UI thing that they just haven't got around to fixing it it quite possibly is but we did get that all new view of shortcuts on ipad which is really nice yeah. um i've been playing with it a bit um i'm still not a huge fan of the list view of shortcuts really I, i'm not sure it offers me lots more information than i it seems to like it'll tell me how many actions are in there and when i last modified a shortcut but i can't sort by any of those column names um so um and i wish i could yeah, you can. Um, when i'm in the list I, view it, it works. Uh, for me uh, on macOS Monterey, it's very definitely not working. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought it possibly you were talking about works iPad. on macOS. iPad, no, you can. No, no. Yeah. yeah, because on iPad, you couldn't. Um, on, on Mac, you couldn't. If on iPad, you can, then maybe that's coming to the, the Mac version and it's just not quite there yet. Um, so we'll have to have to wait and see on that. That's kind of the the fun and the uh, the sad part about the beta process. We get to see all these new features and sometimes we even get to play with them and they don't necessarily release right away at launch. Um, which is a bit of a shame, but hey, you'll still be able to open a specific tab in the clock application at launch because that's a shortcut action right now. So you can jump straight to your yeah. timers or the stopwatch or the alarms, um, which can be quite handy if you've got a lot of different alarms um, for things and you want to go and manually toggle them on and off. But I, I can confirm on my version of Ventura in column mode, you can you can uh, sort by the columns like last modified or actions. Perfect. Yeah. So I suspect this is a Swift UI update that they were waiting for yeah. um, because it it's not working on macOS Monterey, and I did wonder why it wasn't working. Um, but you know, um, the fact that it's there now is great um, because you know we can we can take advantage of that. Um, by the way, David, you know that we talked about uh, ebook readers recently uh, yeah. when Dan Morin was on. Did you see all the updates to the Shortcuts app uh, yes, with books? Yeah, there are so many new actions. Yeah. Yeah. Change theme. Yeah, I guess open the books book, team was secretly open listening. Open tab, resize text, search books, switch page. So you can really customize your viewing per, uh, a process yeah. in books. Uh, that being said, I don't use books that much, but it, they did add a lot of nice automation. No. They did. They did. And they also gave us a, a new action, which is kind of related to books, but also not with optimized file size of PDF. Yeah. Um, I don't know if, David, you've ever received a PDF that's just humongous, where people have put like, I don't know, 24,000 bajillion megapixel um, yeah. photos into a PDF for some unknown reason. Well, now optimized file size of PDF is uh, a specific action that you can use to optimize the file size of your PDF, which is quite nice. And I have to say, um, I, 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 I'm quite pleased by that just because there are so many PDFs. I had to do this the other day for my parents. Um, uh, my mom was trying to get some specific pages out of a, a manual, uh, for their new mower. Um, very, you know, seemingly random, but not because the first, like the, it was one of those standard seven language manuals and each language had about a hundred pages. 
Um, and so you don't want a 700 page PDF when you only need, you know, a hundred pages. So I use shortcuts and I gave her a shortcut to just, um, get like, uh, asked her for the start page, the end page, um, and then made a PDF from the range. Um, but I would have been nice to be able to run the optimized file size of PDF, um, action at the end of that before saving it. Um, so that, you know, we would have definitely had the, uh, the most optimized version, um, for her iPad, but as it is, I'll add that action when iOS 16 launches. Yeah, this this optimization of PDF size to me falls in the category of a gift from Auto the Automator. Um, you know, because yeah. that something Automator was always very good at was resizing PDFs, and uh, they've stated that you know Auto is not long for this world, so they're going to be pulling as much out of it as mm-hmm. they can. Actually, I'm a little shocked we didn't get more out of Automator this year in terms of actions, like you know. Uh, some of the stuff I do like with the watermarking and stuff like that hasn't shown up. I mean, you can do it in other ways and shortcuts, but uh, auto did it better, honestly. And, uh, but, but the PDF optimization has to be at the top of their list because I think it's something everybody could benefit from. And now it's a single action and shortcuts, which is kind of what we're looking for. Keep make it easy for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Because the overlay image action does allow you to essentially watermark something with a specific yeah. opacity, size, and position of the image and so on. But it, it doesn't doesn't feel like it works quite the same way. And it's quite telling, um, I think, that I've tried dragging a few of those automator uh, workflows into shortcuts um, to, to convert them. And I can't remember what happened, but it certainly didn't tr- convert them to the overlay image action. Um, so um, either they've yet to write a translation translation path for that or they're planning on doing something different um because i think one of the things that we're seeing is some of the some of the actions that you could potentially do in other ways have been simplified yeah um with this um which is great because you know adding things like tags to notes um you could kind of work around that in some ways or you know um and so being able to you know do this directly is very helpful um and, you know, they're also just adding quality of life actions like setting your personal hotspot to on or off. So if usually when you do a certain thing, um, then you you would turn on your hotspot, you can do that as part of a shortcut uh, now, which is very nice if you, for example, have an NFC tag or an Amiibo in your Nintendo Switch case and you would like to be able to tether your Nintendo Switch to your phone's hotspot. Well, now you can tap the Amiibo or the NFC tag and turn on the uh, the the hotspot on your phone so that your Nintendo Switch can connect to it, which I really yeah like. that that hotspot one I think is a is kind of really useful for a lot of people. Um, mm-hmm. Like you know sometimes like if you're if you've got a, a well, like people have cars that have hotspots built in or you know th- there's just a lot of different uses for that and making that uh, automation friendly is good. Voice memos. Did you expect voice memos to get more shortcuts automation? I did not. I really didn't. Um, I wasn't quite sure like what would happen with a voice memo because, you know, voice memos is one of those things where it feels like the app that everybody has long since forgotten exists. Um, and especially because other apps like just press record are out there and, and really do a great job. But uh, voice voice memos is, has got some actions. You can create a recording and you can create a folder um, inside of shortcuts. So, you know, it, it's more automatable, which... Certainly for things like being able to put a button on your home screen that will just jump you straight into um, creating a recording um, is really helpful. But I can also imagine for people who record, say, meetings at work or similar, being able to create um, a folder in voice memos as part of your project creation 
is going to be a feature that you really appreciate. And similarly, when you're done with that, you can delete a folder and delete a recording. Um, so, yay. Thank you. Thank you, voice recording and shortcuts team. Yeah, when I was up in Cupertino for WWDC, I put out, because we have a podcast feed in the Max Sparky Labs, and I um, I brought along a little lightning adapted microphone. It's like a little pocket microphone, but it improves the audio quality quite a bit. And I just recorded in my hotel room into my phone, into voice memos and had a remarkably good result from it. I was kind of surprised how good it sounded. I mean, it's not as good as my main rig with my fancy microphone and XLR and everything, but for something that you take on the road with you, I'm going to do that again. And now I'm going to build automation into it because why not? Right. Um, yeah. so, and I, I, I'm glad that they brought it and it's just funny to me that those showed up right at the time when I, I needed them. <laughs> so there yes. you go. Yes. That said, I think, I think Ferrite might come and, and have something to say about that. Um, yeah. just because I think, I don't know, does Fer- I, I'm now rem- misremembering, does Ferrite allow you to record directly into the application or is that it just for editing the, app- uh, editing the audio? I think I remember it allowing you to record. I don't know because I've always just done it with the voice memos. It's always sounded pretty mm-hmm. good. And then I can do a little bit of additional edit on my Mac if I want, but I, uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah no, I'll, I'll it does allow you to. Um, okay. so, um, that'll be pretty cool if that shows up. But, uh, speaking of some unexpected actions, you know, we didn't expect voice memos to show up. Did you expect background sounds from no. the settings to show up? No. Um, so, um, you know, this is one of those features. It's not quite, um, the, the like, um, hey, Apple lady, um, play rain sounds or ocean sounds or um, whatever it is that you might use. But there is a, a settings feature. It's an accessibility feature in iOS for background sounds to allow you to, you know, have a background sound playing, which may help drown out other things. Um, and this is shown up inside of the Shortcuts app. Um, and there's quite a few settings options here. And I don't remember exactly which ones um, were and were not. Uh, already here. But I can imagine that being able to do something like set your mono audio um, so that your your mono, so audio is set to mono. So if you're only listening through one AirPod, um, uh, then, you know, you, you just hear it through through that one side properly. Though if it's an AirPod, it will do that automatically. But if you've got a regular set of headphones, it wouldn't. Changing your background sound um, and then setting, setting your LED flash or something so that your when you get a notification, your phone flashes uh, to let you know that that's that's um, arrived, that could be quite useful as a combination. Um, and similarly, for those people who do use the LED flash um, for notifications, that's where the the flash on the back of your phone lights up to say, "Hey, I've got a notification for you." You can then turn that off automatically when you enter sleep focus mode, uh, because that's one of the things um, that I I haven't used the LED flash in years, so maybe they've they fixed that already. Um, I found that that was so annoying if you were trying to sleep and your, the flash on your phone wasn't covered by like whatever you were laying it on. It would then light up the entire room to tell you that you got a message while you were asleep or something. Um, and that, yeah, that was not good. So I'm I'm pleased to see that there's lots of little things sneaking in. And I'm sure there's a whole bunch of stuff that I've missed. But what's really exciting for me is these focus mode filters even if you can't think of a, a good reason to be changing your focus mode filters for mail, messages, calendar, or safari as part of shortcuts, it is entirely possible that you will have a different um, need for it in one of the many other apps that's going to add support for a focus mode filter. And then we will be able to use that feature to, you know, 
inside of shortcuts, similarly opening the tab group in the clock app, uh, opening a specific tab in the clock, you might not care that you can now jump easily to timers versus uh, the stopwatch versus your alarms and the world clock, but that precedent that that sets for all of the other apps out there yeah. is, is, is so good because, you know, we don't just want to be able to open a contact or view a contact. We also want to be able to edit a contact, just like we got the edit reminders option where we can edit contacts now. Um, I'm not sure if that was there in iOS 15. It's certainly there in iOS 16. But the fact that this is there is great. And then, you know, as things progress and we get more and more apps, I've seen so many developers playing with these awesome lock screen widgets, David. It's so cool um, that, you know, I can't wait to see what they do with these focus modes um, and the focus mode filters because... Imagine timery and me being able to say, okay, I'm in my podcasting focus mode. That means I want these things available to me um, or this client or whatever. And then, you know, next focus mode, other client uh, and being able to change that as I need to. That that's that's really great. So I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what all of those app developers do. And also, Joe, if you're listening, I'm sorry, I'm not intending to give you homework. I know that you're doing other cool stuff. Um, so, uh, yeah, but I'm sure all these developers who are working really hard on this are going to appreciate the fact that, you know, there's precedent for all of these things as well. So they're not rolling a dice to say, well, what will be allowed as a shortcuts action? They've got they've got something from Apple that they can point to and say, well, the clock app does it. Mail app does it. Why can't I do it? Yeah, I really think this is an example of that new simplified API and the way that you're going to get shortcut actions into shortcuts a lot faster and a good sign of things to come. Now, as we record this, we're in beta one. Uh, The betas of third-party apps are going to start, you know, showing up in two or three weeks, I'm sure, and we're going to see a bunch of new interesting actions. I think it just really speaks well for the future of shortcuts and actions for people one last one here I've got on my list that I don't think we discussed today that I thought was cool was remove image background. Yeah, I wanted to save this one, David, because it's so cool. Um, so for anybody who didn't see the keynote, they demoed in the keynote being able to tap on a subject in an image. So say, for example, you've got a picture of your really cute dog, David, um, and you want to be able to use just the picture of the dog and you don't want to have to like spend hours photoshopping out everything in the background. You just want the dog. Well, you can tap and hold on uh, Ashoka, your lovely golden doodle, and pick her up, and then swipe over to messages and drop her and tap send. And that's it. And there's nothing else to it. That's the feature. But there's a shortcuts action to remove the background from an image. So you've got 20 pictures of, um, you know, your pets or friends and family. Maybe, for example, you were at a wedding and you want to get rid of the background for everybody's uh, picture of the wedding. Well, you can just run them all through a shortcut so you don't have to manually pick them up and drag them um, and, and drop them somewhere else. You can you can just run that shortcut over all of those actions. Every single selfie you've ever taken of yourself, run that shortcut uh, action over them and get rid of the background. It's not going to be perfect, but it's so cool. I mean, this isn't as good as portrait mode, but I was thinking like a homegrown portrait mode would be to run this and then take the original image and apply a blur filter and then paste the the copied clean image on top. I thought that would be a fun yeah. like little trick. It, it just, yeah. It's just really nice. And that feature that they showed off in the keynote, I think it was with a picture of a cat where they just drug it out mm-hmm. of an image. And every time you see a keynote and you see something that looks like magic, you always ask yourself, well, was that an image that was like perfectly shot just for the purpose of showing this feature off and is it going to be one of these things where you get mixed results in the real world i can tell you using the beta 
this feature works on everything. We had a meetup of uh, Mac Power users people uh, just recently, and I was showing it to some of the listeners. And it is just shocking to me how I can go in my library, take any image of a person or an animal and drag them out of it. It is really cool. And I think a lot of people, I'm, I'm not even sure what I'm going to do with the feature, but I love showing it to people. Yeah. It basically means that any picture you've got of something where you can identify the background relatively easily, you can sort of turn it into a sticker. It doesn't actually work as a sticker in the messages terms where you can like drag it onto a specific message that somebody sent um, and have it like be stuck to it visually, but it means that you can just send that back. So, you know, especially imagine you're taking a picture of your your Mac because you're you're selling it and you don't want all the stuff in the background. Um, well, you can just take the picture and then drag the Mac out of the picture and be done with it. Um, you know, you don't need to worry, like mess around, like trying to set up like a white tablecloth or something so you can take pictures without a background anymore. Um, you know, you're still going to want to try and get a uh, good contrast between whatever you're taking the image of and the background, but it doesn't need to be perfect, which I think is just one of those things where this is AI really doing such a good job for us because we've got all of these things. But I do think, David, uh, we've got a whole other section that we need to talk about, which are apps on devices that weren't there before, allowing better shortcut sections. This episode of The Automators is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. Post a job for free by going to linkedin.com slash automators. As the sun comes out and small businesses are back in business, LinkedIn Jobs makes it easier to grow your team. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the people you want to interview faster and for free. Hiring the right people means getting not only the right skills, but also the right personality and the right fit. And you can do all of that with LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can create a free job post in minutes to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash automators. That's linkedin.com slash automators, A-U-T-O-M-A-T-O-R-S, to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. And our thanks to LinkedIn Jobs for their support of the automators and all of Relay FM. Okay, Rose, so you did a good job of teasing us before the break. What's on your mind? <laughs> um, well, the thing that's on my mind is something that we've we've mentioned slash complained about before. Sorry, Shortcuts team, we do love you really. Um, in that um, apps don't exist on certain other devices, which means that you have to say, hey, if this is an iPhone, um, do this, um, you know, open the weather app. Otherwise, don't. Well, we've now got the weather app on all of our devices, um, but we've also got the clock app on macOS and things like that. And I don't know how much of this is the shortcuts team. I don't know how much of this is the macOS and the iOS and the iPadOS teams, um, but they are, you know, bringing all these things across, meaning that we do have a more universal cross-platform experience, um, allowing us to, you know, do 
more things the same way on other devices and do things in ways that you would expect them to work. So, for example, Find Notes can work with more than 26 notes. Previously, if it found more than 26, it would just stop at 26. But I'm I'm just very excited by the fact that we have these apps everywhere because like, for example, the clock actions. Okay, you still can't set multiple timers on anything but an Apple Watch and a HomePod, but you can, you know, open the clock app on the Mac so that you can see whatever timer is running, which for all those people who just want a simple timer on their Mac, they can do that. And just like uh, Spotlight on iOS could open a shortcut to run it, well, Spotlight on macOS can run shortcuts now, which is great because we now have the same experience where you press command space on all your devices, unless you've put something like Alfred in place, of course. Yeah, it's progress. I mean, I feel like there's still a ways to go, but I, I think that this is a lot better. I mean, it really felt yeah. broken when you could do something on one platform that seemed like it should work on another platform and it didn't. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think it's just one of those things where they're they're trying to bring things more into alignment like the um the torch or flashlight um as the americans call it um on your apple watch that didn't used to work with the set flashlight function yeah but now that does work and i do think that you know they're making things just always work and work more consistently is very useful so if you had lo- if you've got lots of photos and i'm sure many of our listeners have lots of photos and so you don't necessarily have all of your albums on your device, but you had um, a shortcut action um, to uh, to find photos and it was filtered to a specific album um, because you wanted to get pictures of, um, I don't know, one of your kids from a specific holiday that you took or a vacation, um, you know, and then you got a new iPhone. So that photo album wasn't on it yet and you ran that shortcut, then it would just crash. And that wasn't a good experience. Um, and now um, you you do have that and that actually works whether or not that album is on your device and that will kind of in the background from what I've been reading and what I try playing with on on one device actually start downloading that album for you so that you then are more likely to have it offline and I think that this is just really useful because it's it's really sad when you are excited to show somebody a shortcut and then they they tap run and it just kind of doesn't work for some reason Maybe because they didn't have the photo album offline. Maybe they had more than 26 notes that they were searching for and their search term wasn't very good. Um, And so it only returned 26 and they couldn't find the one they were looking for. Or maybe they're nerdier and they wanted to use the content graph, but they didn't really understand it. Well, you know, all of those things have, you know, had a step forward. Because if you wanted to find your calendar events, but not the ones that you declined, then you couldn't filter those out. So you now, can filter those out, which is great. Um, and I, I do think that, you know, these are all little things that maybe some of us folks who have been using this stuff for a long time would be like, well, okay, yeah, so I'll just work around that, would say. But, you know, thinking back to, I made a shortcut for my mom the other day that allowed her to get certain pages out of a PDF and save it with a new name. You know, that's not something I would have done with Workflow because she'd have had to download a third-party application. And even when shortcuts didn't ship with iOS, it was kind of one of those, mm, I don't know, like it's quite possible she's just going to uninstall it type things. Um, but now that shortcuts ships with iOS and so my parents have got it on all their devices, I'm much more likely to give them shortcuts actions to do things um, and put those actions on their home screen, especially when I can guarantee that they are going to work it, uh, uh, are going to work when you expect them to. 
because it's it it's just a much more stable and confident experience as somebody who's giving something to somebody else. Yeah, like the setting a timer on the Mac is the only one I've done so far, but automatically setting a timer on the Mac wasn't something I could do before. No. And now I can. And that's great because a frequent shortcut I have is a work mode where I say, okay, I'm going to work on this and I'm going to focus on answering email for 30 minutes. And then I'd have to go over to my phone and set a 30 minute timer or get a third party app or whatever. But now I can just add it to the automation and it's done and the timer's running on my Mac. And it's a little quality of life thing, but suddenly it makes everything feel tighter. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, just thinking about that, like, you know, a standard meeting preparation um, shortcut that you might have that will help just help you get things ready for a certain meeting. Sometimes you might need um, a warning like five minutes before the meeting. Sometimes you might need it 10 or 15 or 30 minutes before. But being able to say, okay, I'm going to work on this for X number of minutes and just, you know, ask it to like have it pop up and ask you, how long do you want to be doing this for? And then you set a timer so that when you're done, um, you know, you, you get a reminder that, that is, that is really nice. Um, and so I'm, I'm, I'm glad that we have that. Um, just because, you know, also like, have you seen the world clock? I mean, it just looks like it did on the iPad, yeah. but, um, it, it's, it's, it's nice to have, you know, um, I, I can imagine my dad using that quite a bit. Similarly, being able to have an alarm on your, on your Mac. Um, it seems a bit weird, but alarms on my Mac I genuinely can't wait for that to come on um, Mac OS Ventura on my work Mac, which I will not be installing a beta on. Otherwise, my team leave me, kill me. Yeah. Um, you know, my productivity takes a nosedive because I chose to install the pre-release version of Mac OS that I think he's going to have words. Um, yeah. But, you know, being able to set an alarm to say, hey, like, I need to leave early um, today and have that on the device. That's really useful because it's one thing having an alarm on your phone, but just like I find that my cooking reminders are best set on the home pod in the kitchen, my work alarms will be best set on my work machine. Thus far, I've been using a combination of random things, sort of duct tape together with wishes and hope and a bit of gum and definitely more duct tape. Um, being able to just use the, the clock app inside of that, thank you very much. I'll, I'll take that. Um, you know, why not? Some other improvements, uh, you can now run shortcuts straight from Spotlight. So you can just type in the shortcut name and run it. And you can run specific app actions from Spotlight, like a timer, if you mm -hmm. want. That's kind of cool. Yes. I think this is related to the new API, the Intense API that we're getting. Because, oh, yeah. um, because the, the idea behind this is essentially, if you've never opened the shortcuts app before, and you go and you open the shortcuts app, it's empty right now. Okay, iOS 15, macOS Monterey. There's... There's some sample shortcuts in there, but there's there's not really a lot else. The idea now is that all of the the um, actions that a developer creates as part of the app will be showing up as shortcuts inside of the shortcuts um, application so that then you can go in and you can say, oh, right, this thing that always interferes when I say this, I don't want that there anymore. I'm going to rename that and put that somewhere else um, so that it, you know, it doesn't interfere with my life. Um, and oh, this thing that I always say the wrong thing, I'm going to put that to be the right thing, or I'm going to add another version of it so that I can just say whatever I want and it'll do it. But this means that all of those can then be made available to Spotlight, which works on the iPad, as far as I can tell, as well as the Mac. Um, and I'm sure it works in on the iPhone as well, um, with the new search bar at the bottom as well, which is nice. But, um, you know, it's, it's just an improvement, a big improvement because everything is everywhere 
And even if you're not looking for it, I think it's going to filter into your life. Yeah, we already mentioned how the way it categorizes app actions by once you open mm-hmm. the app. There is an interesting thing in the beta, and this is beta one, so you know, bear with us if this doesn't ship. But if you scroll all the way to the bottom, there's a heading called App Shortcuts, and there's only one app in it, Voice Memos. But if you tap on it, it gives you a nicely formatted page about shortcuts available to Voice Memos. It kind of reminds me like on the If This Then Then website when you when you connect it to a service it gives you a list of all the things it can do with that service it's kind of like a very user-friendly option of saying well these are the things you could do with that app and there's only one app in it now i hope this means that they plan to do this for all apps Um, but i I don't know what this means but this is here right now and it's it's out there so we can talk about it but uh, that might be a really nice feature, I think, to help people kind of get started with shortcuts. Like if they want to shortcut a specific app, they just click on it and they get a better idea yeah. of what they can do with it. Yes. Um, I should note, just in case anyone's confused, like I've just tapped on voice memos and this is um, on my iPhone. I'm not seeing this show up on my Mac in Mac OS Ventura. No, um, it's not on the uh, Mac. It's definitely not on, on Mac OS Monterey. Um, but it's not on Mac OS Ventura. But when I tap on voice memos, for me, there's an option at the top that says, turn on voice memos shortcuts with Siri. Um, and I presume that until I do that, those ones will not be available to Siri for me. Um, and so um, that means that, you know, a developer can just, um, you know, create these, but it's not going to be interfering with what you say to Siri until you go and turn that on. Um, and I see a list of of two shortcuts there. Um, and um, when I tap on the the three dots that you would usually use to edit, it gives me the option to use in a new shortcut and suggest it in the search um, and I can um, toggle off suggest in search. So if something is showing up in the search that I don't want to, then um, I can then I can get rid of that, um, which is quite nice. So yay, I'm I'm really pleased about that. You can also just generally remove shortcuts from from Spotlight if you just hit the yeah. the three dots. So they've got they've made a way before they made a way to add them. Now they've made a way to remove them if there are ones that keep showing up and conflicting with things you want to search for. All this is just really nice quality of life. You know, kind of getting back to the top of the show, I feel like this is a good year of evolution for shortcuts. Uh, we already talked about the the different views you can get now on iPad uh, where you can, you know, view by category. Uh, list view improvements, it's available as an alternative grid on iPhone, which is kind of interesting. And you can reorder. Yeah. The, the new icon picker. So when you're in the shortcut um and you want to pick an icon for it, they redid the whole system. You can search now for a glyph, which is nice. Before, you couldn't search it. Um, They still don't have enough. Honestly, I don't understand why they just don't open it up to the entire SF Symbols library. But, you know, that's another, I guess, a question for another day. But it is easier now to add an icon to your shortcut. Yeah. Yeah, it is, um, which is really nice. Um, I have to say, um, it, it is just useful having you know, the search there, because I, I did find that that was the thing that I always struggled with. I was searching for a picture of a car. So I I want to type car and I, I couldn't type car. I had to, you know, scroll through and search for a car to look for it. Um, and this is just one of those things where they're not going to have every alias of everything in there, but they do have some of the things that we might need. Though I, I have to remember, David, there's a feature that we forgot to talk about that I feel very guilty not talking about because I've asked for it. And the shortcuts team gave gave us the present. They gave us aliases, David. Yeah. 
they gave developers keywords that can be associated with the shortcut's action so that if you're searching for it and you, it's not called that, it can still show up. So that when you look for a particular action, you know, there's there's other words that can trigger it to appear, which is really useful because I complained about this specifically with the exit and stop shortcut actions. Um, I don't remember which way around it is now. Um, and so I'm going to get it wrong when I say, but whichever it was, it it's now the other one. And I would keep searching for the old one. And so um, it, I, I, I wouldn't find it. Um, I think it was exit shortcut and it's now stop. That's it. Um, yeah, it was exit shortcut. And I would, if you type, if you typed exit into the search, you would get nothing. Um, and now to be clear, if I type exit into the search, I'm still getting nothing, but there's the ability for the shortcuts team to add an alias to that action or exit shortcut. Um, so, um, I suspect maybe quit might also be a good one, but, um, you know, they, they've obviously not had a chance to do everything yet, but kudos to them for doing such a great job because, you know, all of these things here, nothing is ever perfect. There is no such thing as anything that is perfect, but they have done such great work to allow themselves to do things like add the low hanging fruit of, oh, right. And let's add some aliases into this, um, later, which, you know, they can maybe do when they're not right in the midst of all of the iOS 16 things is, is so good. I'm yeah. so pleased for them. And, and just generally tuning the user interface. I mean, we talked about the multi-column view, but you also have the ability to hide the next action suggestion, which honestly I like. Yep. I would keep that turned on. But, you know, if you don't like it, turn it off. And so they, they've uh, they've done a lot of things here to make it a little more user-friendly. It feels uh, it feels more stable. It's been getting more stable for the last year, honestly. Yeah. Um, you know, them being the canary in the coal mine with Swift UI certainly set them back, but they seem to be recovering nicely. And shortcuts yeah. just keeps getting better. I, I'm so so excited. I think the big news is probably the API and how easy it's going to be for us to get even more shortcut actions out of developers. But, yeah, um, yeah. I, uh, I I think we have a lot to look forward to here, Rose. I, I think we do as well. And I'm I'm just really pleased to see that, you know, the other teams behind applications and, and features on macOS and iOS and iPadOS are already taking these actions and and using them and using the APIs to give us these features. Um, so, you know, we've we've got Safari reader support on macOS now, which we didn't have before. Um, and I don't know if that's because of the news uh, shortcuts intense or because the Safari team actually had a chance to do that along with the tab groups or somebody was doing tab groups and went, oh, shoot, we missed the Safari reader stuff on, on macOS. Let, let, let yeah. me just go fix that a minute. Um, I don't really care why it happened. I am just happy that it did happen. Um, and you know, it, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what, what calls this providing the result that we get is that everybody gets more automation available to them, even if they're not necessarily going and looking for it, you know, setting your watch face when you're in your exercise focus mode or your fitness focus mode is something that you should just be able to do. And you shouldn't need to know the magic incantation of things to make that happen. Um, and I'm, I'm glad that it's, you know, it's it's just available to more people. I can see more people using this um, every every day. Um, so I, I can't wait for iOS 16 to come out. And I can't wait to see what other stuff that we're going to find between now and the release or maybe even what other new features get added because, you know, every so often they, they sneak some bonus surprises in during the beta rounds. So maybe we'll see some of those. Even if we don't, I'm happy. Uh, it, it's interesting to me, like, and it's just an intellectual exercise. It's like, are these actions getting added by the teams? Like, is there somebody on the reminders team that loves shortcuts and is making sure these actions get added? 
or is it someone on the shortcuts team? Like in my head, there's like a, a shortcuts lone ranger and just, just hang (laughs) in with me. Like he's, he or she has like a cowboy hat and like a Segway that's that painted like Tonto. <laughs> a Segway? Yeah, it would be In a Segway. Apple Park? Yeah, it would be like uh, running. That sounds so dangerous. It's all glass, David. It, it, it doesn't <laughs> no. matter. It's, it's a lone Don't ranger. Don't injure our shortcuts team. Don't injure our shortcuts team. But I'm going to go wrap them in bubble wrap. <laughs> this person just like roaming through the loop and just like busting into the nose team and like getting the code in. I, I don't know how it happens, but... But they definitely. I, I think it's a combination of um, what APIs Shortcuts has available to those apps. Um, so, for example, the new Intense API is obviously available to you know every app from Ulysses and Obsidian to Drafts and and Scriptable. But it's also available to Mail and Safari. But also, if those teams want something specific to be available, then they can put it into their API, um, which makes it in turn available back to the Shortcuts app. Because that's how shortcuts did a lot of stuff before. You know, it was using a combination of APIs that were available, and like that's how workflow did calendar. Um, it used the calendar API or the yeah. event kit API. Um, and so I suspect it's six of one and half a dozen of another. But I still love the idea of the shortcuts Lone Ranger. Just folks, do us a favor, and if you're using a Segway in Apple Park, please wrap yourself in bubble po- uh, bubble wrap first, and or one of those like giant like hamster balls, the like inflatable hamster ball type thing. Um, that that sounds safe. Um, we don't want you to get injured. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It's probably the API and the fact that they're on Swift UI and everything is running the same code now, so that makes it so much easier. But uh, the romantic one is the Lone Ranger, the Lone Automation Ranger, and that's that's what I'm going to stick with. Well, we can, we can have both, David. There is no reason at all why we can't have both um, because both gives us all of the options and we love having all of those automation options available to us. All right. So that, that about wraps it up today. I want to thank our sponsors at Collide, Devon, Think, LinkedIn Jobs. Uh, for Automators Max users, we're going to be talking about that new lock screen today. Looking forward to sharing that with you. Otherwise, we'll see you next time. Have a great day and keep automating.